0: On this episode of A Tale of Two Rival, we dust off the old mics and we talk about our favorite position, wide receivers. We break down the young ones, the old ones, and everything in between. Stay tuned. Guess who's back? Back again. Banter's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Welcome to a tale of two rivals. A fantasy football podcast put on by your three-peat, go-with-your-gut champion and a numbers-obsessed, always-behind-me nerd. To find some sort of consensus. To share with you, the fantasy football listener, who am I finally joined with? again? Weird, Todd.
1: Interesting intro that I'm always checking out your ass. Apparently, according to that, uh, was that what you're trying to infer that I'm always looking behind you?
0: Well, that's what Shaq said to Kobe. Oh, so. oh yes, so. yes.
1: <laughs> yes. oh yes, yes. well, I'm Kobe. Okay, so I'm better. So I'm better than Shaq. Okay, that means, I like that. I like that. Oh damn, I do have Kobe
0: over Shaq in the all time. <laughs> So, uh, I just man, dunked on pa- the basketball guy. I like that. Uh, that backfired. Eh, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. But it's good to be... We- just check my Twitter profile for the titles count. That's all. That's all. So, and it's updated, Dave, because the last one to win one was you, and I put it in there. I was on
1: <laughs> Well, right. it is good to be back, man. It's been, I don't know, probably three months since we recorded. We've yeah. been in the grind. Fatherhood. I've been nose deep in spreadsheets, so yeah, man, it's been intense.
0: Yes. my son Brady's three months as of yesterday, and in top of that, it's the end of the school year was just insanity. It was it was nuts. It between fatherhood, work, and all that. So like summer vacation coming up for me, like gave me a chance to be like, I gotta, I gotta reprioritize, and I am stoked to be back on the mics with you. It's great to be getting to talk about fantasy football Warren. I'm in the auction draft that will never end. I can't wait for it to end. And like I'm targeting Cam Newton with my next pick. Like, this just needs to freaking end. Good <laughs> lord. Like, like, oh maybe he'll sign with somebody. It's like that's that's how little I care at this point. So
1: <laughs> Duke Johnson, great late round target, Todd.
0: I think I already have him. Uh so <laughs> I think I took him, actually. I am very very excited to be sharing the mic with you again, good sir. We should, before we get into the topic, have a question of the day, shouldn't we, David?
1: Oh, yeah, man. We Everyone's missed the question day. Everyone's favorite segment, Todd.
0: I know. I, I like that most of our comments come from nothing about football. So, <laughs> all, right. all right. Today's question of the day is the ultimate cookout. So summer's here, and barbecue thing, baby. Let's play the ultimate cookout. But you want to get one choice per category. And the category is one protein, one side, one veggie, one banner artist to listen to. It's just their catalog. One game to play, one beverage to serve. So David, I'm gonna let you have first choice.
1: This was tough. I th- I'm on a big seafood kebab uh kick. Quinn has been we've been doing these scallop and shrimp kebabs, man, and they on the grill, and they've been phenomenal. Like She marinates them in this, I don't don't even know what the heck she does, Todd, but it is, blows my mind. I've been on a big kick with that lately, the seafood, a little healthier than the red meat and the hot dogs. So I go with that, and then corn the cob, and then roasted potatoes, man. Nothing too fancy, just, I I love, summertime and a a farm stand fresh corn the cob goes a long way, man. And then for a drink, I struggled for a second. I was like, oh, Mike Saruman laid a a cider, and I was like, wait a second, we got to stay on brand here. Gin and tonic in the summertime is the, uh oh chef's kiss man and then jimmy buffett playing on the background you can't you can't beat that it's, you can't beat that feeling man i love that as i'm playing some horseshoes with the family so that's my my go-to uh summer barbecue right there man
0: jimmy buffett horseshoes and corn on the cob are you sure you're not like in your late 50s
1: i mean i'm third i'm like my mid-30s so isn't that the same thing
0: <laughs> that is the saddest thing i've ever heard <laughs> no far from the same thing very far (laughs) like decades apart well the
1: the reason why i'm not going to the uh, football expo in canton as well because my son's birthday is right around there so his first birthday is right around there so i won't be going to that but also we're going to the jimmy buffett concert again
0: which is my all-time favorite concert so no i so yeah i'm sure buffett's fun i get it just so you know i'm probably gonna slide into quinn's dms to ask about that marinade. just so what I I, I need to know about these kebabs. That sounds phenomenal.
1: And we get she goes to the fish stand, which is like it's like fresh that day. She goes to fish stand and gets it. It's so
0: good. Oh, dude, that's that's the way to do it for me. The protein was easy. Strip steaks, strip steaks. It's the best way to be able to find cuts with the less amount of fat. It gives you the best bang for your buck. And it is so freaking easy to cook. It is impossible to screw up a strip steak unless you literally are not paying attention to the grill. So a strip steak. Potato salad. It was a tough call with that one when it came to the side, but I thought it was kind of like, you know, ties things together. I think the roasted potatoes probably would have been a better choice. Green beans all day. Loving some like some from fresh green beans. Since I had to pick a band or an artist. And it's a summer. I feel like the Beatles or Bob Marley. I mean, Bob Marley's just great summer tune. But the Beatles' like catalog is just so dense and like so like expansive that like that that could work out for like the entire day. And I can't say like Pink Floyd. That'd be like a weird vibe for the whole day.
1: Are you calling me an old man when you come up with the Beatles as your first choice?
0: I'm sorry. Like <coughs> the Beatles are timeless. <laughs> And like Jimmy Buffett is like 50 and six year old freaking people getting smashed. Actually, I should definitely go to a Jimmy Buffett concert after just saying that. That looks like great people watching. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, cornhole. It's a classic, phenomenal game. It's what young people play instead of horseshoes. And then some beer from treehouse, just beer from treehouse. I'll go get a mix case and do that all day, man. All day. I would, I would attend your party day. I would attend that party.
1: I, I was considering
0: horseshoes yeah, cornhole.
1: or cornhole. <laughs> I, I, but, you know, of course, it's the nostalgia with horseshoes as we grew up playing at my camp, so that's why we went with horseshoes. Nostalgia. You know. You can't have a question day without me answering with some form of nostalgia.
0: <laughs> no, you can't have a conversation with you without having some form of nostalgia. <laughs> All right. Now, today's topic, the wide receiver landscape. If you're a longtime listener of A Tale of Two Rivals, Thanks for sticking with us. And with that said, you pretty much know how much Dave and I enjoy building through the wide receiver. However, it's important to reflect on each position and how that field looks each year, even in Dynasty as leagues are won through trades and and maxing out value. Dave and I are going to take turns looking at the wide receivers landscape as a whole and ask each other some burning questions about the wide receiver position. So giddy up, Dave. You're first.
1: Question of the night, Todd. Now, everyone knows you are notorious, not maybe infamous. I don't know how he was at. You're You're well known for being an old guy dynasty wide receiver. You like to build through the elder statesman at the wide receiver position. You've been in on Julio Jones as a top 12 dynasty wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins as well. And then that didn't go as well. They're,
0: they're, they got injured. They're value tanked. Easy on the Julio top 12. That was a few years ago.
1: Ah, they all blend in. All, blend in. <laughs>
0: all right. Easy. I, I still
1: love Julio. I still love Julio. but I'll uh, love
0: Julio forever. If the Pats signed him to like a one-year deal, I'll buy a jersey. Oh, gosh. That'd be phenomenal.
1: That'd be so amazing. I got to regather myself after that comment. So I guess the question is, Todd, are you still aggressively targeting older wide receivers, specifically Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Keen Allen, and Stephon Diggs?
0: Yeah, I'm not going to freak out over a few injuries with some guys later. And like Michael Thomas should have been involved in that too. But players get hurt at all ages. So I think just blaming on age can get a little lazy, to be honest. Wide receiver bodies don't take the same punishment as as running backs, who we tend to fade at a certain age because they're getting smashed by Mack trucks for five to six years before we start to think about moving on. Also, we got to keep in mind that the influx of young wide receiver talent is not slowing down. It's been unbelievable, and it's going to continue to be that way. There'll be plenty of opportunities to replace these guys later on, and you can strategize for that. So I'm a buyer at probably your price for every one of these guys you listed. So who was the first guy you want to talk about, Dave?
1: So let's go with Cubs and Diggs first, because I think we can agree that those are probably they're probably more valuable in Dynasty than some of the other wide receivers we've listed. I have Cubs and Diggs in my third tier of wide receivers along with DJ Moore and Jalen Waddell. Now, when I say third tier, I should say for everyone, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase in their own tier, and then T. Higgins, AJ Brown, and CD Lamon in my second tier. So those are two very small tiers for me. And then we get to Cooper Cup at wide receiver six. Stephon Diggs is in that, in that uh, third tier as well. That's kind of where I have them. And that's because, Todd, I should reference it when you're talking about your analysis of these older wide receivers and why you like them. It's because when these younger wide receivers get hurt or say they have a bad season, their value is a little bit more, they can rebound better. Whereas these older wide receivers, if they have an injury or a bad season, that value can tank. So that's kind of, that's kind of why I kind of tend to fade them, but let's hear it. Let's hear it on Cooper cup with you. Wouldn't who we have ranked. I assume the same.
0: <laughs> well, I have, I have to, I have to defend that point you just made. Point is, is that you're already buying a depleted value. Because everybody's an ageist in Dynas. And people are unfairly ageist about the wide receiver position when they could definitely have a lo- like more longevity of being a productive player. To me, I'm saying like if the player that's older gets hurt, that's already baked into the cost it took for you to go get that guy. And also, a lot of those guys we're talking about is so like, Nuke is more of like the PED stuff. That's what's really killing him. And Julio... Julio is a, a bit older than these guys also. And on top of that is, it's like is, we're talking about a guy that was battling through injuries for a while. And so it finally gave out. But I mean, anyways, Cup, we have him in the exact same spot, wide receiver six at the top for tier three. I think the difference is, is that the way that you look at tier three and the way that I look at tier three, he's still the sixth overall wide receiver. And that carries more weight to me than, say, the tiers. Because You are already talking about a very small group ahead of him, like five guys. Two tiers ahead of him is only two dudes. You know, those are essentially like the untouchables. You know, they're like Al Capone's of wide receiver. Day. You can't be looking at like him as a tier three guy as if like, oh, you know, like he's not quite the stud we think he is. He absolutely is. And you're going to tell me that he just did had an historic season with Matt Stafford and all of a sudden, I'm not going to be buying into that. Now, granted, you're buying in high on him. If I had Cooper Cup personally, I'd be selling the crap out of him. Because, you know, you're maxing out your value for him. But I'd be one of those guys who looking to buy and seeing what that price is. I would go, depending on what the makeup is, like, go, go in and trade Cup for like, oh man, I can't think of it on the top of my head. But I would love to acquire Cup if I'm in a win now situation. 100%. If, as long as I'm not in a complete rebuild... Cooper Cup makes sense on pretty much any roster, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, Cooper Cup, what he did, even if he takes a step back, man, his just consistent volume week to week. If you go, but I don't, I, I'm sure this has been covered ad nauseum throughout the entire off season, So We don't want to have to do that for the audience because they they know how good Cooper Cup was. But man, week in week out, he got in some insane volume. You at all worried that it's gonna be touched by Robert Robert Woods went down. Last season, are you at all concerned about A Rob coming in a little bit and giving a little competition to a uh, cup for targets or no? Is this uh, just a cup as a beast and it doesn't matter who else is
0: there? No, it doesn't matter. Cup's a beast and A Rob's going to get his work too. But if you're buying in the cup, like you're not buying into last season, that's not realistic. But if you're buying the cup, it's a top five wide receiver next season. That's totally fine. That's the thing is that like there's a very good chance Cooper Cup's probably not going to be the wide receiver one next year. But him banking somewhere in the top five, top six is pretty damn safe as far as I'm concerned. Allen Robinson has a bit of a bounce back, but he's like, like I would call like his ceiling like low wide receiver two, high wide receiver three, which is fantastic. And hats off to Allen Robinson to finally play with a quarterback worth a damn. Good for that guy. <laughs> I mean, it's been bad, bro. But then I mean, Stephon Diggs. Like here's the thing about Diggs is. Diggs is twenty-eight, correct, Dave?
1: Yeah, uh, I think he actually turns twenty nine this year. I gotta I'll check
0: that real quick while you're talking about him. I i get the whole idea of like, ooh, 30. Ooh. I'm sorry. Like, players can play and be productive at the wide receiver position well into the mid thirties. Diggs is attached to the best QB in fantasy. So he's firmly in tier three for me. He's my wide receiver nine. I would still be buying the crap out of Diggs too. And I think he's coming out of great value in a lot of leagues because people are looking at him as a bit of an ageist. It, yeah, I'm I'm all in on Diggs. All in. So wasn't there one more guy? Was it Mike Evans the yeah. last guy you wanted to focus
1: on? Yeah, but quick follow well, Key Allen and Mike Evans, but quick follow up yeah, a little yeah. bit on Diggs and Cup. We've actually both been in a lot of startups this season, this offseason. Have you taken Cooper Cup at all in any of your startups?
0: I have I can't remember which one <laughs> <So>.
1: <laughs> I just didn't know because I just feel like it's exp- it's tough to get those top yeah those top players and I know you've also gotten digs in a couple places so no,
0: I didn't get him he got snipe for me that's what oh it he oh. Got, he got snipe for me like a pick away that's what it was I was targeting him yeah no. I mean he's totally expensive actually I was targeting him so it was a best ball dynasty setup. And I was targeting him with, like, an early second because I was, like, I really liked the idea of him at the top of my wide receivers, right? And then he slid to, like, the end of the second. And I'm, like, trying to, like, trade in there, but also kind of, like, doing my thing being, like, if you say no, I'm just going to go to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy and the next guy. The next guy. Somebody's going to say yes to this. Well, it, it didn't work out because then, like, the dude who said the last guy said no took cup, and I'm, like, well, I guess I'm done here. I should have been a little more aggressive about it because once he started sliding, I was, like, why is he sliding? I just don't understand how you couldn't love having Cup as like your wide receiver one on any build unless you're a complete dumpster fire. You know, like a Leon, like we like to call that the Levi build. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah, I mean, so Mike Evans is the next guy. Definitely a guy I'm buying on because I think that he is the best value of this. group. You're talking about a guy who's been a consensus wide receiver one for many, many seasons. And you add in less competition targets to start the season with good godwin banged up and gronk retired and then jj zacharyson like broke down mike evans so great on one of his recent episodes pretty much pointed out how much better brady is a performer when evans is on the field the biggest issue with acquiring evans is i'm not necessarily worried about evans's age it's more about the qb change that's coming inevitably at some point. I mean, unless Brady's going to play till fifty, because then he's going to be like a wide receiver one until like he like until he retires. So no wide receiver one, a like QB one until he retires. I'm all about buying in on Evans in a win now situation because I also think that the cost to go and get him would be very reasonable. And then the last guy you will focus on is Keenan Allen. The man is 100 consistent, one of the best route runners in football, a PPR freaking machine, and. I do worry a little bit about him in age a little bit. And I also worry about that offense looking to add more weapons around him because it's a young offense as he's the elder statesman there. So like Chargers have a nice window right now to win too, but they also are built really well for the future. So I do worry about some uh, extra competition getting added there. Obviously not this year. I really like him for this season, the 2022 season. Beyond it is a little... I actually did trade for him this offseason and I end up trading. Um, I got him in uh, a trade in a win now situation, which I think we'll break down that trade in a future episode. So I don't want to give away too much. I I love Keenan Allen and Mike Evans as two phenomenal win now targets because yes, I like Devontae Adams. Yes, I still like Tyreek Hill. Yes, I still like Cooper Cup, but they're still going to be expensive. Mike Evans and Keenan Allen are not going to carry even a sniff of that type of price tag and they're very acquirable assets veterans that are not going to completely fall off after this season that are going to be very affordable to, to go after and win now
1: sweet before before we move on i just want to add a little couple things here i'm pretty much at market with cup and digs maybe a little bit below but the problem is i'm a little bit above i'm above market on on t higgins and cd lamb or naj brown so i'm usually getting those players where Cup and Digs are going in drafts, so I don't really ha- I haven't I've haven't taken them in any in any points this off season. I'm not opposed to it, but usually I'm I have just other players that I'm targeting ahead of them, especially at that capital or, or that much of an investment, but I'm not like opposed to those those players at all. Whereas Allen and Evans, I'm a little bit more faded on because they've had shown while they're still putting up really good stats, I think that around the, their peripherals of of warning signs in the past of yards per route, run target share, other volume metrics that when that starts to fade a little bit on the edges while they're still producing at an older age, that can be a sign of a potential cliff coming up. Now it doesn't mean that it is going to happen. It just shows that there's more of it's a warning sign. It could happen kind of thing. Now I will say you also said that Evans feels like the cheapest. I think since Gronk retired out might, I'm curious to see, What ADP says, because I think, especially what's happening in best ball right now in redraft, Evans is almost, he is skyrocketed since Gronk went down. And I think you're going to see the same thing in Dynasty. He won't be the value that he has been at parts this offseason.
0: Well, I, I think part of the reason you also see Evans in best ball like that is he's like a phenomenal best ball player because he like puts up, I mean, the thing with Evans is you ride and die with him because he has some horrible weeks, and then he's, like, a top three wide receiver for, like, four. So, like, he's always been a great best ball player. Yeah, I mean, the baby Gronk stuff with Kate Auten. Oh. Yeah, that's, like, the guy that, like, everybody's been, like, like, that's the guy to go and get. I'm, like, just because there's a vacancy. I get that, but I also don't necessarily think that's necessarily attached to Drunk and best ball. I think that just Mike Evans is just a phenomenal best ball player.
1: Do you just purely dismiss the kind of the peripheral stats fading you're just like I, I trust these guys they're good value kind of thing or does it cause any like do you have any concern whatsoever
0: no not really with keenan allen and mike evans not at all because of the price that you get to pay for them i mean it's already baked in yeah that's baked into their value and they're going to be guys that if they have if they do 80 percent of what they've done over the last three seasons for three more seasons you got bargain. Like you got an absolute bargain at what people think it is because people are legit ageist when it comes to the wide receiver position and they do not age the same as other positions do. Yeah. I I'm not with, not with your, your middle tier veterans. I'm not as worried with now investing in a digs. Eh, maybe I would have been if he wasn't attached to Josh Allen, right? Or a Cooper cup. Yeah. I mean, cause Like you're saying is like, you're going to essentially go with Cooper Cup over like T. Higgins, you know, like that's that's a decision. Yeah. I mean, I think the more higher end guys you can have some pause with. And I I'll be honest, like I have Devontae Adams everywhere. I kicked the tire to see like what I could get for him. I don't like what people are asked what they're expecting to get in return for him. So I'm not moving like I'm just going to continue to kick their ass. That's just how I'm rolling with Devontae Adams, because I have not liked the prices that are people are expecting.
1: I and I just to close up this topic because I kind of haven't really talked about. i talked about like where I have these guys ranked. Well, actually, I haven't really talked about Evans and uh, they're my like Evans and Allen are my wide receiver, the, my tier six, which they're basically wide receiver threes according to my rankings. I still, but if you look at Dynasty ADP on DLF, Keen Allen is wide receiver 22, 20, yeah, 20. Was I was like, I just had, yeah, he's wide receiver 24 in June and Mike Evans was wide receiver 22. I'm sure Mike Evans is going to climb here. I'm sure Keen Allen will climb a little bit as we get closer to season two as redraft starts getting baked in and people want to score points. Now, that is still a little bit more expensive for me for those players, so I'm probably out on them. And I'll just pivot to a Brandon Cooks who's a little bit cheaper because I because I usually do like to buy into, once they hit that, I like to get out of Keen Allen early at like age 27, 28, and then buy back in at this point. But Keen Allen's been so good that it's kind of tough to buy back in. So I'll just pivot and go to Brandon Cook's Adam Thielen, which I'm getting more of an age discount. So it's not that I'm opposed to age. I just, the way I play it is I like get out before the value craters and get back in after there's a little devalue. But I'm just, I can't find it at that price for those two for some reason.
0: Yeah. But the the, the issue is like once they start playing and they start showing that they're not fading off, the value is going back up. So you m- you missed your window to yeah. make it oh. on, on the move.
1: Well, I don't so, think they've dipped at all. That's the problem. I don't think their prices. Mike Evans dipped a little bit, but I don't think they've dipped. Those two in particular haven't dipped, whereas Brandon Cooks dipped. Adam Thielen has certainly dipped.
0: Right, but I mean, also, like, with Adam Thielen... Adam Thielen's nominal value is a win-now player right now. That's another guy I would totally be targeting. Yeah, and I'm not a huge buyer on Cooks. That's also a dumpster fire of an offensive situation anyways. I think the other thing about Allen and Evans is they're attached to great quarterbacks. That also makes things a little bit safer with them. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I I, I think that trying to see what happens with them and then trying to buy back in in the season, that's the problem is that like, you're actually not, you're not taking a risk without taking the risk. You're not going to reap the reward. That's the problem. I get that. But I also think that those are guys that I'm looking to do in the beginning of the season to, to capitalize on guys the way that you think, where I'm saying, like, I'm willing to take the risk and prove that I, my faith in this guy is going to pay off for me. And I think that you're a more optimistic like that when it comes to younger players in the breakout piece, where I'm thinking about more like I'm trying to buy guys I think are going to sustain.
1: Right. Now we covered, that actually took a lot longer than I thought it was. So let's move on to your question, sir, because I just, I'm glad we got deep in there because I thought there's going to be, a, there's some good information there for listeners. So I'm glad we got, we dove in deep there, but, um,
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's a phenomenal question. I mean, of course, that's going to be the longest one of the day. All right. So for my first question is, this rookie class is having a lot of stock put into it. You have four rookie wide receivers going in the first four rounds, a total of nine rookie wide receivers going in the first seven rounds. When you compare that to 2021 class, they had five guys in the first seven rounds. And 2020, which is arguably the best class ever also had nine. So they're matching the best class ever. So Dave, do you feel like the dynasty community is appropriately valuing this rookie class? Are we overcompensating with two historically great wide receiver class? And we're having a little bit of recency bias here. And with that said, which rookie wide receiver do you feel offers the best value? So let's just start with the first question, Dave. Do you feel the dynasty community is appropriately valuing this class or are they overcompensating?
1: The short answer is I, I'm priced out in a startup. I'm priced out at these rookie wide receivers. They're too high for me. I, and I, I actually have no desire to trade up for like, usually I'm like, Oh, let's go in and get these, these, those top, like the top three, uh, Wilson, London, and Burks. Usually I'm like, Oh yeah, let's go get like, I like getting my rookie wide receivers, but they're, they're priced out for me right now. And I, I have to take them in rookie drafts or else I'm not going to get them a startup. But the other player, like an Olave too, is kind of get risen a little bit too, or I almost can't get Olave, but Dotson, David Bell, and and even Wandale Robinson, those players, I, yeah, give me those the, those those prices all day long. But some of those prices will pay off. Some of them will hit. Not all of them. So it just it comes down to uh, I'd rather go to attack the some of the undervalued second year wide receivers like Devonta Smith and Elijah Moore than go in on these rookie wide receivers.
0: Yeah, the I, I like that you brought up Devontae Smith because I'm looking at Devontae Smith and like what he did with Bam and what kind of prospect he was coming out. And I'm saying to myself, I'm like, is he not going over all of these guys if he's in that class? There's an argument made that Devontae Smith would have been the first wide receiver off the board if he was in this class. So and now like his value is significantly lower because, oh, this is an unknown. This is this is something and like people overreact to what Devontae Smith in his first season. So that's what everything is always to expect. They want that break, that immediate breakout, because we've been getting it from, like, your Chases, Jeffersons, you know, like, people are, like, so overcompensating for the fact that we're seeing historic, like, performances, and, like, you know, your Jalen Waddles, too. I mean, Drake London right now is the wide receiver 15, like, just over 30. He's going over Pittman, Godwin, McLaurin, and Bateman. I wasn't a huge fan of London to begin with, and people are, like, putting in, like, early third round capital and an Atlanta situation. that is just an absolute dumpster fire right now. And I, I don't really agreed with him being the first wide receiver off the board either, but that's just Trayvon Burks, who I loved uh, coming in right at the end of the third round. And he's going over Godwin Bateman, McLaurin, and Mike Evans. And I loved Burks, loved Burks, but I, it's another team with quarterback issues and it's in a run heavy offense. So that was not great. So I'm not really sure why people are so heavily invested in there.
1: I think that's going to go down a little bit too. Some weird stuff coming out, like asthma and some conditioning concerns where he hasn't been yeah. on the field much. I, I, I'm not going to dismiss, like, I'm not going to let that, like, as a red flag, I'm like, I'm off Burks now because he was my wide receiver one in this class. Right. Uh, but I still think that it's a, it is a cause for concern. So I think you're going to see his value go down
0: because of that. He was my Y too. And he was like one of my favorite Prospects coming in, I freaking loved watching him play, dude. Uh, my wide receiver one was Garrett Wilson, who's going as a wide receiver 20, 44 ADP, and Jamison uh, Williams at forty nine ADP, and they're at wide receiver twenty and wide receiver twenty three. So we're essentially saying four four rookies are going at in that wide receiver two ring. That's kind of insane in this class. Garrett Wilson's going over his teammate Elijah Moore, who I think is probably a better pick, and I love Garrett Wilson, right? And I think Garrett Wilson has an unbelievable ceiling. So I'm fine with that price. And then but you're also looking at him going over Amari Cooper, you know, Hollywood Brown, who just had a phenomenal season, just got traded to a better offense, arguably a better offense. Jerry Judy, who's another great prospect who just got tied to Russell Wilson. I mean, outside of lending, I think the values are fine, but you're definitely betting on these guys with some major capital where all their situations are kind of muddy and you're turning away for some very good proven assets that aren't really that old. And all of those guys that we named off should be legit fantasy. I mean, all those veteran guys we just named off should be, like, legit pro fantasy producers for another three. So I I have a feeling this class is going to disappoint because then you also add in, like, Alave going in the mid-fifth, Sky Moore going mid-sixth, Christian Watson mid-seventh, George Pickens late-seventh, Jahan Dotson late-seventh. Why Why'd I add, like, Guy goes 15th overall and he's the lowest ADP. Like, he seems like he might actually be worth it at that point. But the point is, is that all those guys are not going to hit. You're investing a lot in this rookie class and you're expecting them to kind of continue the trend that we've seen for the last two years, which have been historically. Do you have any other thoughts on that topic, Dave?
1: I will say, it's, I'm, so I'm looking, refreshing myself here. I'm looking at my ranks here and I actually am cool with everyone that you met. You mentioned you were, you would take, you were, you didn't like, Burke, or didn't like Drake London at wide receiver 15 over Pittman, Godwin, McLaurin, Bateman. I actually have Drake London over all of them. Now, he's my wide receiver 18 and my wide receiver 3 in this rookie class, but I still have him as, I still have him over all the players you listed. The problem is why I don't have any Drake London is because I just am taking Devonta Smith and Elijah Moore over him every single time. I just don't draft any of these rookie wide this range of rookie wide receivers because I'm drafting the year 2 wide receivers. So, I, I, only thing that I really don't, I really disagree with In those, I have him over the veterans that you're talking about. So, I mean, I think I would say that Drake London's college production was better than was better than Michael Pittman. Wouldn't you say? That's fair to. Isn't that fair to say?
0: Yeah, that's fine. But he still hasn't done shit in the pros. Pittman has. (laughs) Yeah, Pittman had a phenomenal year last year. Oh, it was. It was
1: okay. It was okay.
0: Okay, Putman had a pretty damn good year with Carson Wentz. So, and now he's got Matt Ryan. Oh, yeah, I
1: forgot. The BC Savior. I
0: forgot about that. Matt Ryan had a pretty good year while getting killed. So, <laughs> I mean, Matt Ryan is a significantly better quarterback than Carson. I, I Let's not go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> All right? Because, like, oh, my God. Now, here's the last question. Is Which wide receiver do you feel offers the best value right now from the rookie class?
1: It's uh, Jahan Dotson 100%. Well, it's Jahan Dotson and David Bell actually the best value are are up there for me yeah actually they're the best values for me it's so if I had to pick one I would say David Bell I got him in the in the third round of our the tail two rivals draft I was stoked for that now QB play is now in in question here so you might I but I'm still excited about having David Bell and I think Jahan Dotson I know people hate the fourth year wide receiver thing but Man, he I think he's a really good player. I think he's a really good player. Now, I don't think he has the same upside as some of these wide receivers that we're talking about, but I think he's a solid, solid player, and give him to me over Sky Moore. So, yeah, so that's, that's uh, yeah, Jahan Dotson. Well, actually, I have them both. I I flip-flop on Sky Moore and Jahan Dotson, but yeah. I think he, people are like just saying, oh, Washington drafted him, so that first-round draft capital doesn't matter, which I don't really agree with.
0: Dotson's by wide six. Right right outside of like the obvious top five. And he's he's right there, man. I love Dotson coming out. He reminds me a lot of Keenan like Allen. So I'm excited. And I like the David Bell pick and I feel like he's a great value too. However Before think,
1: you tell me however, Todd, did you know that you told him about me three years ago?
0: About David Bell?
1: On a Tale to Rivals podcast, you told me I was just—I no, was waiting for you to say that.
0: <laughs> I probably did. I loved it because you know what happened was—is like when Rondell Moore went down, David Bell blew up, and you're like, "Oh man, they lost Rondell Moore. Who's David Bell? This guy's sick." <laughs> that did not happen. That did not. Happen. No, that's what happened. No, it happened, but
1: I did not say that.
0: No, no, no. That's what I was thinking when oh, okay. I found out about David Bell. I was like, "Oh, Rondell's down. Who's David Bell? This guy's nice." <laughs> you know, so like that's how I found out about him because I was like mourning about Rondell. Yeah, so I mean, I like both those picks, and I think like Dotson as like your wide forty-four, you know, you know, seventh round ADP. Like, yeah, that's that's solid value for him. I would say like Bell is phenomenal where you're where you're looking at him. However, I think the guy that's offering by far the best value is Wendell Robinson. So Wendell Robinson's going as the sixty first. Wide receiver off the board at 125. So you're looking at him in the 11th round. He has the draft capital, high second-round pick, athletic and versatile freak athlete. I am a huge fan of this kid. I was actually targeting him in C2C weeks when he was a running back at Nebraska. So then when he goes to Kentucky and starts doing what he does as a wide receiver, that's a special type of player. His offensive coach is doll ball. Brian Dahlball has done amazing things in Alabama and Buffalo. He's proven. I thought that was, I couldn't believe the Giants made a smart coaching decision. It, uh, it was baffling to me. Like, he's going to be so good for that team. Then you go into a lack of competition because the entire wide receiver core cannot stay healthy. Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Tony, who like is, who even knows if he's still going to be there, you know? And then, so what's the big downfall? It's Daniel Jones, right? But the thing about Wendell Robinson is it's like you give him the ball in space and let him do his thing. You're not asking him to like need to go downfield like a million yards and change is coming, man. Like Daniel Jones will not be the starting quarterback for the Giants after. I'm just pretty damn sure about that. So I'd be eyeing when I'm buying him. I'm eyeing for that 2023 production. And 2022, I'll look to like see if I can use him as a flex option when that QB upgrade comes. But I think Wendell Robinson is just unreal value right now in startup draft.
1: Yeah, I, I really like him too, Todd. Well said. And I think the problem I just don't want people hate small players. They hate. They just they want to hate on them so bad. I think it's a sample size issue. It's not that they can't succeed. That they just want to hate on them. But then number two that really gets me about Wandale is that people were. Obsessing over him before the NFL Combine, and then they just threw their hand. Once they saw some of those testing numbers, they wasn't as explosive in the testing shows that they thought he was going to be. They're just like, oh, I'm done. And the size he was, they're like, oh, I'm done with him. And I just have to remind people why receiver testing matters more at the Combine. Metals more is more connected to draft capital than they're actually NFL performance. The Combine athleticism testing does not matter when it comes to just sort out the window. I'd rather just give me the college production, and that's what wandell Robinson has. I think he is a great pick. I like him in redraft and I like him in Dynasty Todd. That's I really like that Wondell Robinson's a good good call.
0: Tyreek Hill, Deontay Johnson, Jalen Waddell, Garrett Wilson, Hollywood Brown, Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore. These are all smaller wide receivers. All smaller wide receivers are going to be unbelievably productive in the in the NFL.
1: It's a different game now, Todd. It's a hundred
0: percent come with the times people it's about separation and speed people don't care about you being six four and being able to do the back back shoulder fade they don't because like defenses can scheme that better so speed separation and being dynamic once the ball's in your hands that's what the game's about man versatility it adds versatility to the offense
1: gosh I hate I hate agreeing with you here Todd but I agree I actually think this is a good place to wrap it up, Todd, for this episode. And we'll come back with some more questions in our next episode.
0: Oh, all right, that's fair. I agree. All right, David, where can they find you?
1: You can find me right here on a Tale Two Rivals. It's like a homecoming. Excited to be back on the airwaves with you, Todd. We did this last night and we had a little bit of a snafu with some technology issues. We're back at it. It's good. I think we're going to have we already have a couple the next. Four or five episodes already planned. We're, we are energized. We are excited. And so you also can find me at Dynasty League Football. i am been putting out an article or two a month over there. And then on my Patreon at FF underscore Spaceman over on the Patreon. And two, Todd, the SFB Potathon is coming up. Get excited, everyone. A huge event this year, 36 hours. It's on July 9th and 10th. The money that's coming in is really exciting. A lot of donations for some great charities. Going to be a great event, so that's all around the corner as well. Where can they find you, sir?
0: Uh, I'm glad you dropped the potathon, man, because uh, we were on the uh, a thon with the fantasy Wildcard, and that was a blast. And uh, you should go try to check that out, Dave and I. Dave and I definitely got some banter, and it, it was a lot of fun. So that was a fun record, and we we dove really big into uh, wide receivers, and we pretty much talked about like all of the Patriots' rivals, which sucked. So, um, but at the same time, it was still fun to talk about two teams in the division we know well. But anyways, you can find me at FF underscore banterman over in the sphere. Uh, hit me up in the DM. I love the banter. Um, I might be putting out some C2C content someday. I might, Levi. You should ask me about it. Maybe I'll- As miss- long as
1: it's not t- team rating stuff, so I've heard. Well, that's just a garbage
0: system. It's a garbage system absolute garbage i liked how the two evaluators in my league have vastly different evaluations i'm like god whatever have fun with your toys boys catch you on the airwaves next time everybody team is not 10th in that league. (laughs) Please. please. Who who um, said you were 10th? John's did. Actually, it was funny. I think in John's, I was 10th, and in Pat's, I was 2nd. I was like, this just points to how ridiculous this is to begin with, and whatever. I (laughs) I really don't care that much. You win fantasy leagues by freaking waivers and trades anyways. You don't win it through the draft. It just sets a foundation. I agree 100%. Well. Yeah. Just like trading Alvin Kamara, baby. Trading Alvin Kamara.
1: <laughs> I think it's yeah. funny how Todd's all into these old players, and then as soon as he can find a sucker, he trades into him.
0: Yeah. wasn't a sucker. It was a good trade for him. He's trying to repeat. Yeah. <laughs>